Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Volk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as hand model slash co-host of the Dollop and Point versus Point podcasts. Facebook.com slash Reynolds Gareth. <laughs> Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, the aforementioned Gareth Reynolds. Hello. Gareth, it's wonderful to be reclining within proximity of you. Yes. This is a, a rare treat. Can I start by asking in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, in what capacity? Well, I would just say, hey, I'm Gareth. Great. Yeah. I'd and probably... that goes down all right? Uh, it seems to go okay. Mm. It doesn't seem to be too controversial. It's not, it's not a very controversial <laughs> stance. You know, only uh, with the people that think your name isn't Gareth, but I'm sure you. Well, which uh, through my one of my podcasts has become a thing. But uh, no, I, I. What do you mean? Like what? Like how do? Like what sort of like? Hey, I'm Gareth. I do this. If you had to professionally introduce yourself, how would you do that? See, I. Uh, what is the situation? Because even if it was at mm. like a party of professionals, I still would just say I'm Gareth. Well, but then you'd go, yeah. "What do you do?" That, so that's what I need. I need you to say what. So let's do it. Okay. Hey, well, what's your name going to be in this? I'll, I'll be I'll be Frank. Okay, let's make you Frank Kirkpatrick. Okay. All right, and you're an agent. Okay. Okay, all right. right. Hang on, what's my motivation? Well, money. Okay, I can work with that. All right, here we okay. go. All right. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Lance Kirkpatrick? Frank, it's Frank. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking for Lance. Okay. It's over there. Oh, cool, hold on. <laughs> See, it doesn't work. It's derailed very quickly. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't What's work. What's your name? <laughs> uh, I'm Gareth Reynolds. What do you do? Uh, I'm a writer. Prove it. <laughs> I could change your name to Lance. <laughs> well, that could be See? a thing. And scene. Um, I thought we really connected. So I think I would just sort of awkwardly say that. Oh, I don't mean to steamroll your connection point. No, it's fine. I, I felt something, too. That's good. I never want to work with anyone else. <laughs> I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm, mine's already <laughs> off. <laughs> That's it. When, now, now, given that you are, uh, well, let's call it prolific in, sure. in the comedy scene. Sure. Introducing yourself as a writer, is that historically and continues to be what you do? Or is that something you aspire to be? It varies. I mean, well, I write, you know, I write on like shows. I mean, I've really been writing on shows for like the last two years pretty steadily. So mm. like... For the most part, I'd say I'm a writer, but then, yeah, I don't know. Like in stand-up situations, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think one of the things that I'm just not very good at is, you know, having something catchy like that to say. I feel sure. like the people who can bottom line themselves and go up to someone and be like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Gareth Reynolds, and I, hey, Lance Kirkpatrick. Sorry, I meant Frank. <laughs> you know, those people. I think that you know they probably do by just by uh, predatory nature mm. get more uh, interest, but I, I, I guess I just, I just, yeah, I, I just am pretty low key when it was. I really liked when I used to work construction on houses, yeah, and I lived out here because I could be doing something like I could be like you know working on a show, but I could also be like working on houses too, so I could say that I work construction, sure, which was maybe my favorite thing to be able to say at any like little fancy party. Do you miss the? The, the construction lifestyle? Uh, 
I well, I think I look back on it with rose-colored glasses because <laughs> there are times where I do. I mean, I think by far the best shape I've ever been in. When you know, you just oh yeah, like I mean that you know you're you're basically getting paid to just like beat the shit out of yourself all day. So you really, I mean, you you get into pretty great shape. And then I I miss the like simplicity. I miss like being able to like like have a project in front of me. Yes. know what to do. Put on rush and just like sit there and just do it, you know, and yep. then take a half hour lunch and and then finish. But but also like what I don't remember is the fact that I was getting up at like six a.m. and the oh. amount of times I'd fuck up. Like <clears throat> I worked for my brother and I would I one time ran his truck over his saw and ruined both. Oh, and that was like you know, and he was like, why why are you here, you know? <laughs> and uh, there were multiple things that I did where I'd be like, oh shit. But but I did I did really like that it would just be a very for me my tasks yeah. would be very much like you know cut this amount of this shit and then put it up here yeah. nail it up here and then you know that's your day. Well, it's very definitive, isn't it? Because you take a pack of lumber, yeah, and I cut it into various lengths, yeah, and I nail the crap out of it. Measuring, nailing, it becomes a thing. Yeah, and and I I, I do like jobs where uh, you know you. You just kind of are on your own too, yeah. where you just have your project. I mean, sometimes you'd obviously be with other people, but yeah. a lot of times too, you would just have your project. You know, paint this fucking house. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, like, and you you would just have to do it. Yes. And there's something I liked about just throwing on the iPod and just you know zoning out doing it. Yeah, I totally. And and I I could understand. I mean, I don't write the same stuff, but I understand in a writing context. It's not you can spend four hours staring at a screen, yeah. and end up with a thing or end up with three lines. Yeah, well, yeah, and I I also think that there is a, a, lot, a lot of times there's like a great unknown into what you know what is what the writing is going to be and what it's going to yeah. turn into, and um, you know it is a real process getting through that. I think, and one of the things I think is hardest about writing is knowing your end. Yep. You know, you you always want to know your ending pretty early in your process to some extent before sure. before you at least start writing. Well, with construction, you always know your end. You yeah. know your end. For, you know, you just got to get to your end. <laughs> That's right. And We're I, building I, this picture. Yeah, there. yeah. And I really did. Uh, I really did like that. But I, but I also like. I mean, when I worked it, I was so broke that I also was like, you know, for the most part, just yeah. De- depressed in general, <laughs> like yeah, just just a miserable fuck. Anyway, you know. Yeah. Do you no fi- follow ups? Well, no, no. It, it's an extension from that. <laughs> Do you find that now writing and doing comedy that um, the way that you're motivated not only changes, but the things that maybe haunt you around whether it's any good or those sorts of things that they, they are similar or that they've changed. What do you mean in in my time, like over time, as far as just getting more and more comfortable with the process? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know. I, I think event. I mean, I, I don't think you. I just don't think you're ever like. You know, I think there are people who who are probably very satisfied with their work early, mm-hmm. uh, who are who have just worked for so long that are at that point. Um, I think I'm at the point where I still enjoy it and you know, still make a lot of mistakes, but compensate for those by having the work ethic to work through them and sure. find the right answer eventually, you know? Yep. Um, but it, it still is very interesting. And I think no matter, like, I think in some extent, like <clears throat> at some point you realize that holding on to things that maybe you've always sort of had in the back of your head, yeah. that they really, 
that you, you feel like you have precious ideas almost, but the truth is it's the second you start following a world or a story, you really just come up with a bunch of new shit anyway because you're dealing with an environment you never really thought of. Does that make sense? Does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, absolutely. How am I doing? So far, so good. Okay. We'll ask Frank later. There's money involved in this, right? Well, Frank's looking after all of the deals, so... Frank... The fuck is Frank doing with it? Lance needs the money. <laughs> Frank's the cokehead. Look, Lance is the middleman. He's the <sighs> guy that's gonna. He's a patsy. He'll take the fall. When, oh God! You know. Well, you sound like you've done your homework. At We're least. just rewriting the lethal weapon too. Why wouldn't we? Uh, diplomatic. The weakest. <laughs> that's the one where his girl dies, right? Yeah, uh, Rika Van Frassen. Just can't buy a break. No, and she, look, I have to tell you, and quick aside. As a young man growing up in the 80s, like my teen years. You loved the, her. The late 80s. That was, I think, the first set of boobs that I saw. Oh, it was early in, my, it was early in my boob count for sure. And it always puzzled me because I don't know whether it's because, like, as in moving boobs. Like, I, someone had shown me a picture of whatever and stuff. Right. Moving boobs is a great category. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, I felt weird in good places. Yeah. Um, but because the, the skin, and I only can recall this because I saw Lethal Weapon 2 the other night in Canada. Uh-huh, sure. The skin color was consistent, almost to the point where you couldn't recognize her nipples. They were almost the same color as the rest of her body. Oh, weird. Yeah, it, it just went, is that how they all are? Huh. I have learned since that's not the case. No, normally there's a, there's a hue difference. That's right. Yeah. I, I remember those being early boobs. The, there really was nothing like the early boobs when you were your little. It's all your your head can't wrap around what boobs are mm. for quite a while. But you know, like you know, they're as good a young to you. Boy, watching them, you go, you, something is going. They're, on they'll here. be good to me. Yeah, yeah I yeah. trust these. And look, Police Academy was always a great source of boobs. Oh, I remember an airplane. There's movies. a set of like jiggling boobs, yes. like during a turbulence scene. I remember rewinding that and just being like, "What? <laughs> look at those boobs!" I mean, you just as a kid, you are just your mind is so blown by that yeah. world. I and I think it's also you know I mean that is a point of like you know in today's world like the access you have to it you know it's mm. almost like we got like Jello. Every week, and now mm. these kids get it every day. Yeah, like it really. I can't imagine. I don't, look. I don't even want to understand. I know I've got a a boy who's coming into teenage, or he's preteen now, and we've got you know sort of the how to, how do you defend yourself against porn watching? Well, we have the, the ability to limit, thanks to our our uh, internet service provider, the content that comes into the house. On the so what do you, part, so, though, so what do you, what are you what are you able to do? You're oh, able can, to block. Well, I'll put it to you like this: He can still Google things and see boobs. But okay, he can't, can't go to porn sites because they're blocked. But he could see a clip of someone fucking online. Um, not easily, I hope. That's the whole point. Like the plan is, or the the deal, and we have, we've got it in place now. Is that it's effectively like if you think of it as like Google Safe Search permanently uh-huh. in place. But we can. But what if he bings it? What about another search engine? Oh no, it's it's back at the. It's everything. Uh, yeah, it's the whole shebang. Because see, I don't watch porn anymore. But when I did, I feel like you could just see video clips just by entering them and clicking video. Oh, Maybe I'm wrong. Can. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you could do. That's good though. I mean, that's that's uh, putting up defense lines like that. You know, are good. Well, because we want to have, like, we don't want to prematurely have the conversation with him. Right. But we prematurely having... ejaculate. Yeah, yeah. But we are 
That's very good. Thank you. We are having conversations around because he has a sister and obviously mum and uh-huh. mom, so about how you treat women and and you know those sorts of things. And uh-huh. I try and model, you know, the way I, I love his care for his mum and those sorts of things. Right. Um, but there will have to be a conversation around, you know, on the internet. There are all sorts of things that you could see or your friends it may even be that your friend tries to or go, goes to show you a thing and look how you feel about that is going to be normal mm-hmm. however let's talk about what that is yeah and as a business how for the most part everybody involved in that is being taken advantage of and that's not a positive thing <clears throat> there are exceptions to every rule right Where no that that's a very interesting approach i think you know that that's a good approach Playing to the humanity of it. I mean, you know, what else can you really do? There's, there's this documentary called Hot Girls Wanted, which really, yes, which really gives you a in a, Miami. It's set, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a dark, dark insight into that world. And I, I did a podcast for a while that was, um, like the guy who hosted it was just the guy who had a lot of porn stars on the show and stuff like that. And I did that show for a while, and it was it. A lot of them were very happy. But then there was also a very, you know, there is a weirder side to all that stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, it, it it's just this weird culture. I mean, it's almost like the internet within itself in the sense that the yeah. ripple effect of it, we probably don't even fully understand yet, you know? Well, it, it's in, in our lifetime, we've gone from porn stars are the people that are on those video cassettes that, you know, maybe a parent have had smuggled away or a friend yeah. showed us. Yeah, which know. I think was the right amount. Like yeah. ho- hotel, like the hotel experience, you know, like it feels like that was easy enough. Yep. You could buy a, you could buy it, yes. but you know, you weren't able to like take it home. Yeah. Or just fucking, you know, nip down an alley real quick for the old squirts. Or just 24 seven. I'll watch this cause this is my yeah. favorite thing right now. Yeah. It's, it's ludicrous. You mentioned before that you've stopped. Can I ask why? Uh, I just felt like it, it, and it wasn't even a thing of like, um, any, it, you know, I think when you say that, people are like, how bad did it get? Uh, <laughs> it, it really, what it was, was it really was just sort of like, um, I didn't, I, I just, I mean, I think when I just took kind of a sober approach back and looked at it, it occurred to me that it was, it, it just made me not like women in the real world mm. as much as I should. Sure. And, um, and I stopped, you know. And I think if you think about it, what it is by nature. I mean, mm. think of think about if you were an alien looking down on us, looking oh. at our little glowing squares while we just fucking, you know, make ejaculate come out of our penis. I mean, it's pretty it's crazy. Yeah, it would be like if you left a monkey with an iPad, you would expect that behavior, <laughs> you know. And like here we are, just like oh yeah, you know. Um, and I just think it makes it makes you weirder, you know. It definitely yeah. makes. Um, it just makes I don't know. I, I think you know stuff like that where it eliminates, it just eliminates a lot of the reality of the real world. Not that I would ever be like it's so easy to do. You know, I wasn't mm. like growing up in it, but I still think it just you know it, why not just keep it honest? Well, there's lots to be said about the correlation between the rise in access to pornography and the change, the broad change in the way that. Totally. Uh, men, and I say this, this, not all men, hashtag, uh, you know, broadly, the way that men react to and, and treat women. Like, look, look at Gamergate, right? The yeah. The fact that the journalist was a lady and these, these little boys. Wait, what is this? You know the Gamergate thing? What is that? So it, it, it became a thing, and I'm, it's probably two years old now at least, 
people will be shouting at the, the podcast things going, it was blah, blah. Um, <laughs> But it, uh, a female tech journalist wrote a review about something. I can't even give you the full details. Okay. It might have been a game. It might have been a thing. It could have been a phone. It could have been whatever. She wrote a review about something. And what came out of this was effectively a whole subgroup of predominantly men that just attacked her. Right. Okay. I kind of remember this. And led to like a you know, doxing and the, like revealing uh-huh. her personal uh-huh. address and right. those sorts of, we're going to come around and kill you, you stupid whore. And yeah. She had a contrary opinion to theirs. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, I also think it's in the... It's about w- ethics in video game journalism, man. Yeah. That's, that Seriously. was the big book. Seriously, God. man. What's happened to the video game journalism? <laughs> My God. I, I also think in the way that we date in general. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, in the dating... That living in a world with these dating apps is a very bizarre world because, uh, again, you go off of looks entirely, whereas... There's always something about meeting somebody in person yeah. that is attractive or something like that. See, this is something that has conveniently passed me by because I've been happily married for, what is it, 2016? This is my 15th year of marriage. How many unhappy ones? Well, I had a, I had a marriage before this. You so, did? Yes, sir. This is number two. Yes. And, and how, many ha- how many happy versus unhappy in the first one? Oh, uh, look, I would have said it probably went 60-40, happy to unhappy. Okay. Um. And I don't, I don't say that because you know it was all her fault or all my fault. Yeah, there's certainly very clear situations where we weren't communicating. It stuff. was your drinking. It, look, I, I went. I you did a program. I worked it through. Um, so far, 164 million days, fake sober. Good. Um, Congratulations, brother. Thank you, man. It's so tough. Those first 100 million, you know, fake days are the toughest. They, they say they're the hardest ones. <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone is actually down to programs not making fun of you um i'm not either yeah so the like the first one stuff this one you know love it but i've never been in a a position where i've been single looking to date and have had technology to be able to help me yeah it's weird internet dating i think was just starting to be a thing before i met my my wife now michelle it's weird but yeah, it's totally it's weird. weird. And it's all it all leads to like less and less interaction and you know, I mean, who who the fuck knows what it's going to be in the future. When you make a decision over a prospective person that you might want to meet with, like let's not even get to the sex part. Well, you just also meet you, and you're doing it in like yeah. something of a second. <clears throat> and and you also don't meet up that much. You know, is the reality because you can't be fucked because <laughs> you don't know them. So <laughs> it's so right. easy to not look forward to it. Yeah. So it, it's like you're able to cancel it because there's no consequence yeah you didn't meet this person you don't really want to see this person i mean you you'll go yeah but you don't want you you haven't had like a good interaction with this person whatever you know um even if you think of it like yeah i mean and it's just getting worse and worse i mean yeah i don't know it's just it's just set up for weirdness i mean i really am looking you know i i think the the next 50 years will be truly insane Probably be pretty fun to watch what happens. How, how long is it? I mean, I guess under the reign of President Trump, it's possible. But how long is it before we are, you know, like the people in the spaceship from Wally? Oh, the I dudes floating around on like hover things. Everything's you know, done. For us. I actually have a funny story about that. I I one time I forget what I was flying to New York for, but you know some. 
something with MTV. That we had a show on MTV a few years ago. So they're flying as first class, and they this is this is probably like six years ago. And so you have the this is before the TVs in the back of the the oh, yep. seat in front of you. Yeah. But they would give you a little thing. They would give you almost like a little portable TV, but you could play a bunch of shit. It was this. It was almost the screen that's in the back of the chair, yep. but in the in the palm of your hand. So I and those seats recline like you know babies. So I'm like reclined like I'm in a dental chair. Yeah. I get my food. I'm watching Wally. <laughs> so I have the thing like balanced on me oh, no. as I'm like scr- it's like shoveling like <laughs> you know quinoa into my mouth, and and literally in the scene when they're on the cruise. You know, the ship that goes, yeah. at, at, like, when they're all just hovering around in that exact same setup, where they're all reclined with things on their stomachs, watching yep. them while they shovel food in their mouths. Um, so I've been there for years. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I mean, the, the truth is, I think if we had all the resources at our disposal, mm-hmm. I think we would get there in about, you know, 15 years. I mean, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're, high, we're highly motivated to... To get to the finish line with this species, I think I, I really feel like we've saved a good amount of stamina for the last couple <laughs> miles. You know, because um, if you really think about mankind, like if if like let's say civilization or Earth was a house party, yep, uh, it had gone well from 3 p.m. to 11:45 when man showed up <laughs> and just like got his dick out and just like pissed on everything and yep. like. You know, punched people and jumped through a wall. Yeah, like a nightmare. Yeah. Just like a tornado. Um, So I don't know. I I think we'll get there pretty quickly. I interviewed uh, last week uh, a gentleman who has made the top 100 for the Mars One project. Oh, wow. So he's, he's on track. He wants to be in the team that go to Mars. One way trip. Wow. You know, doing that whole shebang. Is that something, if someone came and knocked on the door and said, Gareth, Oof. we really need your writing and comedy skills. Well, which they do. Mission, they like will. Like, you can't come back. Ooh, boy, that is a tough one. I, you know, that's a, that's a good question because I, I think I do wonder how, you know, how this all is going to wrap itself up. I don't think I'd be able to do it, though. I think I would mm. pass. I think I would say no. Just be, you know, if I could come back, I'd do it. But obviously, sure. that's not uh, possible. But and that's, well, that's obviously the end goal, right? Is it once we've established, yeah. you know, we can do things on Mars and stuff and, and technology continues to grow. Yeah. The fact that it's the best part of a, a you know, 200-odd-plus day trip yeah. to get to place... Because the issue is that they can have the fuel and everything to get to Mars. Yeah, they just can't refuel to get back. That's right. They right. can't get back. Yeah. But if we can overcome all of that sort of stuff, it'll become, I would imagine, either a holiday destination oh. probably to start with. If uh, not, then a whole new... Uh, yeah, then, I, then I'll wait for round two. Uh, then, I'll, yeah. then put me... This guy's knocking at my door with this mm-hmm. offer. Yeah. I'm saying round two, I'm your guy. Once you guys figure out the fuel and to come back, I'll take two years and go to Mars it's for a little while. Colonel Sean Kirkpatrick. Oh, Colonel Lance Kirkpatrick or Frank Kirkpatrick? No, Did you say Sean? Yeah, yeah. It's Jeez, cousin. this family is just everywhere. We're the Kirkpatricks. <laughs> we run hypothetical industries. <laughs> we got fingers in everything. Everything hypothetical. <laughs> it's Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Kirkpatrick Inc. At Kirkpatrick Incorporated, we've been pretending to be heads of anything you're talking about for over fifty-five years. How limited is my imagination? The Sean Kirkpatrick came out. Oh, please. Oh. So, yeah, it'll be a thing when, when I can get back. Let's do it. 
Let's Great. rock and roll with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, I've been for that. I've definitely been for that. Do you find, because uh, you are a, an LA resident, but not an LA native... No. Um, you probably make up the largest portion of the LA population, though, people that are not natives but are residents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you find that LA is the hungry beast of a town that everyone talks about, that everyone's got a script, that everyone's trying to do something in the industry? Um, yeah, I think I think to some extent. I mean, I think you definitely... I, I, it's a very saturated uh, market. Mm-hmm. So I think that... Um, it it is, but it's also very possible to live a life that isn't feeling like an episode of a TV show where someone's trying to mm-hmm. sell a TV show in the TV show. You know, yeah. I, I think that there are, um, you know, there's a lot of, yeah, there's just I, I you know, I, th- I it's weird because I've been here for so long now that mm-hmm. it, that it's almost like you are so you almost know enough people and you have. Yeah fast enough routes into things that it it isn't as annoying as that but it is really annoying i mean when you're out there in the world and you're you know sort of like we were saying before i mean when you're trying to you know and you got to go to these fucking things these dinners or these whatever they are you know it's hard to not feel out of place sure <laughs> you know um and and it's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird business. It's a weird town. I mean, I never know. You know, literally, I found out that I'm going to be working for the next month, starting Monday yesterday, and so you know, I just don't really know wow. the deal a lot of times, and um, it's weird. And and it, and there are people who you know are definitely these, you know, a lot of times the, the talent and ego are a. Uh, sort of a, a bell curve. Yep. Where you you know the the ego a lot of times I think drives people who maybe are less suited for it, and I think other people are just sort of like able to put their stuff out there mm. and are more comfortable with that sort of way. I think that's a way that you maintain being like a more normal person. You know the people yeah. I know who are who post you know pictures to their shit. Not not against anyone who does that, yeah. but but you know the people who are you know like live that sort of way you know again a lot of times like from what i can tell it it's like bullshit so <laughs> so it it almost is there's like the people who are more comfortable talking about it are probably people who are not as good at the shit it it would be very easy in a place like this to forget or to to forget that you know there's a grind that goes on for a lot of people, you know. That, oh man, it, know, it's we, a tremendous grind. It yeah. is a tremendous grind. I mean, you know, I remember when I was in college, and like, I, and I mean, you hear this forever. I mean, but with this shit, moving to LA, mm. people talking about how you have to be sure, you have to be sure. And I remember thinking, like, dude, I got this shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's one of those things that if you could go back and like talk to yourself. You, I, I wouldn't talk myself out of it, but I would definitely talk myself down to earth and be Take like... Take some extra sandwiches. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, buddy, you're going to be dressing up like Spider-Man for <laughs> five years. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to want to drown yourself. <laughs> weekly. You know? Um, there's me- And I, I just don't think I would have anticipated mm-hmm. how many ruts I would get into. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, I think like, like anything else, I mean, that, that sort of stuff is it, – it's, it's definitely going to happen here. 
in L.A. with this shit. And yeah. if it doesn't, you'll just be kind of a dick, probably. Yeah, well, so I, I can only imagine so. It's I, Look, I look at it entirely through the filter of I'm an Australian who has learned everything about, you know, Hollywood and Los Angeles from either television, movies, uh, fictional or fact. Right. You know, that situation. And now starting to, to get to know people who live here and, and hearing that, you know, some of the stuff that is, is pictured in those things is obviously overblown, but that some of it's actually pretty, like, it's a much, much harder than even the way it's represented in, in some oh, you know, it's, real reality. Yeah, story. I don't think you can really, because I don't think you could really equate how it goes and what it is. I mean, it really is sort of, a, it's amorphous in that way, that it is not, um, it's just, it's, it's hard to define it. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of it is your luck and your timing, but a lot of it is also your work ethic to put yourself in good positions as often as possible because yeah. you're just going to deal with so much bullshit. And, you know, I mean, the amount of times that I've heard, like, some great news that I've bought doesn't come true. You know, I mean, mm. you just you get you get conditioned to that stuff. And yeah. I don't think it makes you I mean, I think it makes you stronger, but I think it really just makes you more like jaded. But in a. You know, I mean, like when, whenever I watch nature documentaries, I mean, look at how elk live. I mean, elk live, you know, like if you're the, if you're like out in that world and like the Sahara. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> every time you hear a noise, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, so like every time I hear stuff, I'm like, I'm not, not sold, not buying it yet. Yeah. You know, very skeptical. Not until that first that first pays come in, right? Not until really? I know there's not a lion lurking in that bush. Am I moving? <laughs> Well, that's the whole sign for me. Go run! You know, you're at one oh, point yeah. either back in the line or you're back in the oh. the, the prey, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. Yeah. And in an LA context, more often than not, it always appears to be that the predator is the one that's going to come up trumps because they've either got the, the well, and that's just a part the, of them. I yeah. mean, you also, you know, the quest really for a pack is to be have the, the dominant male. Yeah. There's one. Yeah. So you got one George Clooney in your batch. You know, yeah. you got some writers, you got some comedians, you got your sitcom actors, but everybody wants to be the king. Yeah. You know, and then the others just spend their time trying to usurp him and realizing like, man, he's got like one weird fang. We can't do shit. <laughs> Clooney. Well, it, it, who's who's the new Clooney? Because while well, he's still certainly, you know, very much. Up you mean there. the Noonley? Who's, who's the heir apparent? Uh, to Clooney? I mean, I would say if anyone's in the on deck circle. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're up to bat, but I would. Ryan Gosling really made a. I became a fan of him after he did the press for the Nice Guys. Yeah, I was like, this dude is good shit. Yeah, I mean, it is the idea that a kid would be on the Mickey Mouse Club and that someday I'd endorse him as someone who I thought was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, is beyond me. But I don't know. He's, he's. I think. I think. You know, once he gets a little pepper in that hair, I think oh, we'll have yeah. a Clooney on our hand. But, st- yeah, we're starting to get a few more hits out of the old Mickey Mouse Club, aren't we? When we, you know, let's take into account JT. Sure. Uh, Brittany, I think. Was well, but okay. So I mean, if we're if if the second on our list is we're starting to get some hits out of them. Yeah, yeah. Is Brittany? Oh, I'm Ms. Go- wasn't Selena Gomez a Mickey Mouse Club girl? Um. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Fair. And 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 there are, I would imagine, a raft of second tier. You know, I've made a living 
working on Nickelodeon in you know there. Oh, it's know, such a different stuff world. Blah, blah, blah. That, that is one thing. Me and my my writing partner have, got, have been talking to one of the younger like a kids network about something. Yeah, yeah. And you really are just like it is this world where they yeah. have money, they have all this oh, stuff, yeah. and you can write these shows and there. But and but you never would know. Yeah. It's crazy. I it's mean, real I, weird. Man. The concept of... of it's almost like the Spanish channels. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, yeah. but there's a lot happening. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recognize... I actually know a guy who's like on one of those Spanish soap operas, and he, get, he gets like recognized, you know, by, <laughs> only by like Latinos. Sure. It's pretty amazing. Coming up next on No Man's Square. Yeah. But just like, you know, a regular... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Who knows? Just a normal dude. Yeah. Doing his thing. What do you consider to be um, your superpower? What do you do really well? Um, oof, my superpower. Uh, well, that's a good one. I make really good sparkling water at home. Oh, let me tell you, you make amazing. You know what I mean? Water. Um, my superpower. I guess I, I. I guess I feel pretty comfortable in most situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that is. I don't, you know, like Wolverine's not going to be like, you who's comfortable with predicaments right behind me. Um, but. Uh, who's but, that casual man? Yeah. Wh- what's he here for? He won't be phased by the radiator. <laughs> Chill, baby. Yeah. Hey, guys, let's relax. I want to smoke some weed. <laughs> Damn it, calm man. What? <laughs> either way, right? The fuck you mean either way? No, not either way. One, we're all nuked. One, we're not. It's going to be cool. Dude. They got hammocks here? I'm not talking to you anymore. Um, I, I, I feel, I don't know. I think that, you know, through stand-up and stuff, and, I mean, I've just done a lot of improv and shit. I don't mm-hmm. think that when it comes to the, you know, I, I think it takes a lot for me to feel, like, uncomfortable. I remember, you know, I don't know. I remember when I was in high school, like, when me and my buddies would get high and go to movies, like, most of my friends would be freaking out, and I would be like, what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah, you know, uh, and I think I feel that now. I feel that on, for the most part, on stage and uh, on when I, we're podcasting and you know, yeah. working in writers' rooms and stuff. I mean, I think eventually it's just. I mean, and I guess that what's amazing about that is that that is totally defined by my career, which shows you how sad living in LA is. <laughs> but but it it is, I think it, I mean it is it's also I think a good social tool you know to totally just be like and in a place where la honestly it's all about your network and the people that you know and that sort of stuff yeah i think that that has to play as a positive for you doesn't well, it? well you take you take a lot of like meetings and shit like that you know random meetings and yeah. stuff and i think a lot of them don't lead to anything i i really think the less that you care um in general the better you are <laughs> uh, you know the yeah. better off you'll be yeah. in so many ways i just think that's the you know with that attitude a It'll probably make you more of yourself, which yeah. is always a good thing. And B, if shit doesn't work out, it's, you're not going to freak out about it. I mean, you just have to get so used to the gut punches mm. in this in this yep. city and with this life, you know. Do you prefer a, a writer's room to you know working with your your writing partner? Like, what's which works best for you? Um, well, it varies. I mean, I, I definitely like uh, my you know my writing partner and I are definitely. I mean, very much on the same page with with like everything we do. Sure. But um, 
But it's good to go into a writer's room because, you know, the, the goal of a writer's room is to sort of conceive an episode or an idea or a world, whatever it is, together. Yep. And so you're really putting it through the minds of like seven people or something like that, yes. which is, you know, it, even if it leads to the same thing that me and Evan, the guy that I work with, would come up with, yep. it still is good to filter it through seven people. And the truth is that, the, you know, the best the best situations are really when everybody's kind of snowballing on something together yeah. and then you kind of go off and you can write it off of everybody's ideas including yours and you know you got to do more work as far as flushing it out sure. but um that experience i think is it's more fruitful you know yeah. it can def it's it's i think about it a lot like you know if, if someone were to sit in on it they would be like what a bizarre little task because yeah. you're, you're just sitting there spitballing on bullshit you yeah. know and trying to make it <laughs> funny and uh, you know yeah, connected yeah. to reality it's... what if we made calm man not calm for an episode hey whatever man <laughs> <laughs> that's him he got the show either way i don't care how it works no calm man we can't do that that's the whole hook <laughs> all right what he said <laughs> just i don't want him in the room anymore no, i don't he doesn't ex- nothing who had the talent in here i i don't know man <laughs> the door was open. I just walked in. Whose quesadilla is this? Mine. <laughs> either way. The fuck? <laughs> you mean either way? Tastes good. What are you passionate about, Gareth? Um, I'm passionate about... I mean, I, I really, you know, I like... I kind of like the spiritual side of life a little bit mm. the older I get. So I like... Um, you know, I'm passionate about expanding consciousness to some extent. And, mm. Um... That involves, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think I'm I'm passionate about learning about other people, other experiences. Why I like traveling, but I I think expanding consciousness, sure, you know, is something that intrigues me. Being nice, passionate about that. Nice is good. I'm having a month off of drinking, but I like wine. Oh yeah, I mean. Um, I really like that show Naked and Afraid a lot. <laughs> uh, family. Family is very important to me. Yeah. My fam- My brother lives about 20 minutes from here with his uh, son and daughter. Um, and then I go visit my mother in England. Uh, yeah, those are the big ones. Yeah. Football, Packers, Green Bay Packers. Why the Packers? I'm from where they where they are. So where, the state that I'm from, Wisconsin, you have no real choice. but to You have to follow them. You have no choice. Well, you would be like insane if you were to be like, no, I don't like, I mean, it would be crazy. You'd really be thinking for yourself at an early age. Uh, <laughs> it's just it, an easy trying to get on. Everyone is packers. It doesn't even, it's, do, it, it's almost like you're born on the train. Mm-hmm. So you're not even getting on the train. It oh, would be, it would be, you'd, you'd be like, what's a station? And what, the fans of the packers, are they the cheeseheads? Is that right? They're the cheeseheads, yes. Why? Because Wisconsin is considered the dairy state because it makes a lot of dairy. Very uh, farm-based state, uh, as a lot of them are. But, but Wisconsin, for a long time, was the number one dairy producer and is still up there. I think California might be yeah. more. Although, probably not at this point with the fucking drought. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, Wisconsin is the dairy state. But, it's, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a very um, – food-wise, the people will really – put away some weird shit in Wisconsin, hmm. you know, in the Midwest in general. I mean, yeah. we, I think it's becoming more of a national source of pride, but 
you know, the deep frying of things that were already bad for oh, you really yeah, sort of caught thing. hold in that area and that so time. So you have like your deep fried Coca-Cola. And yeah, where you're, where you're frying Twinkies yeah. and, you know, <laughs> frying fry. Oh. Yeah. Funnel um, cake. That's, funnel cake. That's that that one is actually thing. really good. I mean, I, and I've eaten them, you know, but it is, I don't know. We're just becoming hilarious. Do you uh, still follow the Packers? Do you watch the games and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're in. You're in 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have the ta- that's what my tattoo oh, no, is. Oh, we got the yeah, tattoo. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that was a Green Lantern or anything. Uh, it's not. <laughs> uh, the Ryan Reynolds one. Yeah. Digging my heels in. <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, I, I, when I'm on the road, I, I'm able to watch them online. If not, yep. I'll go to a bar. Uh, when I'm here, yeah, I got them on the TV. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I, it's tough, though, because the NFL is becoming a very dislikable sport. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's it just the the guy who runs it. This guy Roger Goodell is a total dickhead, mm. and um, he's the NFL commissioner. Yeah, yeah, and there and there's just a lot of, you know, it's 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 very much like a, a microcosm of our government because it is a it's really rich guys, yeah, um, doing what they can to milk the most money out of the people, and oh, if yeah. any reality plays against that, they'll cover it up and you know figure out ways to put our apathy to the test yeah. and we'll fail that and then they'll just consider cons- oh, no. continue their pursuit. The, the, he didn't beat his wife viciously. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But if he was a terrible linebacker, he's, oh, a, he's, he's an out. absolute prick. Yeah, yeah. Now he beat the other guy's wife. Yeah. That's what happened. He was hopeless. Gareth, I, uh, I appreciate the time that you've made available for me. I have one more question, if that's okay. It's not. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> very much. Uh Look at that. Rounded it out so neatly. Huh, we're done, right? I just I didn't backstage in my head now. Yeah, it's we're good. Green what are you room. going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, in the next 12 months, I will um, well, as as of now, I'll have uh, mm-hmm. we'll have a book out for the dollop. Yeah. Woo. Um, I can't wait to see this. Which will be interesting and um, published author Gareth Reynolds. Yeah, which is I, I swear to God, if you had told any teacher of mine in high school that I would have made a history book, <laughs> uh, they would have had Linda Blair head. You um, need a cravat and a smoking jacket. Uh, it it really will be bizarre, um, but it has been a lot of fun, um, but a lot of work. But uh, but so I'll have that. Um, as of now, my plan is to do a one man show in Melbourne. Uh, right. In March for the Melbourne Comedy, Comedy Festival. Festival. Excellent. Um, outside of that, I mean, just you know, I think you know, good things are starting to happen with writing, and um, you know, we're we're trying to pursue a further extensions of the dollop all over. Yep. But I don't know. I think one of the luxuries of where I'm at is that I've spent enough time grinding this shit out that I have a few different avenues that are really interesting. Yep. Um, but none are these, you know, none are these huge things. They're all relatively cool and yeah. yes, nothing, nothing too tough yeah. as far as like leading a regular fucking life. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, it's great. So I mean, I, I don't know. It'll be yeah, stand up, writing, podcasting, the huge. And I'm trying to get Jose to drop some weight, which I think he's doing. My cat slowly. He's looking very cool. That. Uh Neck bandana thing he's got he's rocking that. Yeah, he's chewed way through that. He I got him groomed for the first time and it was just such a great experience. Cause for he, you or for him? For both of us. <laughs> I was like one for the doctor. <laughs> uh no, it was uh very like 
Because it was his first real cleaning. Yep. And it was amazing to watch just a cat go. Like, he, all of a sudden, I was like, you're beautiful. And then he comes out with this little red bandana on, named Jose. I'm like, my boy's a fucking blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you say he's beautiful because I know. I know. That's, that's what it is. That's well, the attitude. Now, um, how did I do? You did very well. Okay, I did good? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. You all right if we round this out? What does that mean? Finish? Just a little, yeah, a little ending thing to say and we're done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I really appreciate the chance to speak with you. Well, I appreciate you wanting to speak with me. It really validates your taste. Well, please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it and um, I'll, I'll literally do anything anyone asks of me. So Don't make me call the Kirkpatrick's. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair. Obviously, you're a tweeting person. Yes. Are there other social accounts you would want people to know about? Uh, just really Twitter and Instagram are the ones, and you can mm-hmm. find me on Facebook. But, um, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, all the nonsense I'm up to will be up there. Uh, and, yeah, Dollar Podcast Tour in Australia. Yes. First couple weeks of September. Great. So people tune in or show up, especially Adelaide. Yeah. Where the ticket sales Slack are dog dogs. shit. Slackers. You want to if the they're song. not careful, they're going to lose us. Mm. Yeah, I won't do the song. I had a great song. I look forward to hearing the song in Brisbane about Adelaide. I, it's not coming out. I'm oh, not. Not even. What do you think? What do you think I'm doing? I'm taking a stand. Oh, nobody you, gets to hear it. Look at you and your principles. Yeah, that's right. Okay, it's, it's really hurting. Yeah. Hurts me. I want to sing it. Look, when you have a song that good it's and so you good. can't sing it, it's also a prison for me too. It's tough on all of us. I know it's perfect. I want to spread the perfection. The the people aren't speaking loud enough for it. Get off your asses, Adelaide. That's the short answer. Thank you. That's how we solve the problem. Thank you. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Reynolds Gareth is indeed human. (laughs) 